welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on another episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. My name is Tyler Reedman. I'm a financial advisor here at HFM Investment Advisors, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jason Gabrielli. Hey, Tyler. Glad to be here for another episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast, tackling a big question we've been getting from clients, I would say, once every two or three weeks we're getting this question. Well, I can't believe that, too, because never did I think that this would be the big topic going on. You know, We get so many questions about it now, and it's something that many Many people haven't even heard of before maybe the last year, 18 months or so. And that topic is I bonds, the letter I bonds. And we're going to talk about what I bonds are, how they work currently, what the interest rates on I bonds are, as well as the pros and cons, use cases, all of that fun stuff. So before we dive into that, Jason, can you tell us a little bit why I bonds have gotten some steam right now, a lot of headlines in the press? What are they and why are they popular right now? So a couple of things about I-bonds. So in general, these are bonds you buy directly from the United States Treasury. So they are US government bonds. They work kind of similarly to like buying savings bonds. You have to buy them right from the government. And so a couple of quick bullets about kind of how they work. Basically, you buy them from the treasurydirect.com website or treasurydirect.gov website, which looks like it was created in <laughs> the world's first computer. Yeah. <laughs> this is the world's first. Bill Gates created this as a project at Stanford. Um, in the third it's, it's pretty old school. There's basically a fixed component of the rate that you get paid, which is currently 0% and has been crazy low for like 15 years. And then the other component of the return or the interest rate is pegged to CPI inflation, which is why we're hearing so much about it right now with inflation running just over 9% based on the numbers they announced today. That actually is what creates your component interest rate on these bonds. So right now, the interest rate on these bonds is like nine and a half, I think 9.62%, which is pretty attractive. And I think that's probably why we've been getting a lot of calls or a lot of questions from clients and from people out in the world about them. Well, I think the big word to also point out is not just that 9.62, but the big word that people love to hear is guaranteed. Yeah. And it's something that we often can't say in our industry because when it comes to things like stock market returns, bond returns, those are certainly not guaranteed, right? Yeah, but the you government know, gets to say that because they can print money. Yeah. So guaranteed. So talk to me about what that means for it to be guaranteed. And are they really guaranteed? Like, Are you going to realize this 9.62% return in perpetuity? That's a good question. And that's one of the kind of the root of, is this right for you? Or should is this something we should be buying? Which is what we're hearing from clients a lot. And in essence, it is a real rate of return, but it's recalculated every six months. And it's going to be based on the new inflation rate. So these bonds, and the reason that we've never really talked about I-bonds with clients before, or really, to be honest with you, in my 15-year career almost, I never even heard the term I-bond, is because they're only really attractive when inflation is incredibly high. Because that base rate has been basically zero for 15 years. We were looking at numbers before. Yeah. That fixed rate, which is not the inflation rate, but that fixed rate, this is it actually has not been over 1% yeah. in about 15 years or so. So it's historically super low inflation low. during that time yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And so now that inflation is running high, it looks attractive. But it is a good point to know that it is guaranteed you're going to get that 
semi-annual compounding from the government and gets added right to your principal value in it. And right now, for the next six-month period, it is 9.62%. However, you can hold these bonds forever, I believe, for a very long time. That rate is going to adjust, though, every six months. So if in three or four or five years or a year, inflation cuts back down to 2 or 3%, then the interest rate you're going to see on the bond that you bought is also going to cut down to that 2 or 3%. So while it is guaranteed, it does recalculate every six months. So one of the things that we also talk to our clients about when they ask about these things is, what are some of the parameters around them? Because you can't just buy, you know, if you have $100,000 sitting in the bank, getting, you know, the half road a percent, and yeah. <laughs> Most of our clients are like, well, why wouldn't I just buy I bonds with it and get my nine and a half percent? Well, the biggest thing with I bonds is that you're capped at how much you can buy. So for each single person, a US citizen can buy $10,000 of I bonds in a given year. And I believe they can buy an extra $5,000 if you direct your tax refund to Treasury Direct. So at maximum, you can buy. $15,000 per person per year. So to a degree, that limits right off the bat how much of your money you can put into these at any given time and get this you know, 9.5% interest that it's paying right now. That's one thing. The second thing I would say is there's a little bit of liquidity to be concerned. It's kind of like a CD in that you know, your bunny is tied up for a certain amount of time. And so with these bonds, there's two time periods that are most notable. There's 12 months. So you once you buy an I-bond, your money has to remain in there for 12 months. It's kind of locked up. So it's not really appropriate for money that you may need soon or what we would call your emergency reserve, which is money that you could need to get to in a pinch to pay for an HVAC bill or fix your car or something like that. You know, For, for that, this is really not appropriate. And then the other period is five years. And if you don't hold them longer than five years, you can still cash them out, but you lose, I believe it's the last three months of interest calculation. So you can get it out after 12 months, but before five years, you're going to pay a little penalty in interest that you would have gotten. Yeah. There are definitely some use cases for it, but I would agree. It's definitely not for the person that needs it as an emergency fund, because if you bought it within the last year, you can't access it. So if you have that medical bill that pops up or you lose your job, that $10,000 is locked up for those 12 months. So probably not the best emergency reserve tool there. And then in terms of like a retirement fund, yeah, you're getting that 9.62% right now, but that has not been like historical, you know, not the historical rate, you know, not with the stock market averaging 10% over the long term and being down at a pretty good discount right now, probably a better long-term savings vehicle than I-bonds. Now, one of the use cases we were talking about that might be good as I-bonds is for those short slash intermediate term goals that might be somewhere from, let's call it, two or three to six years. So just to give you an example, let's say you're a young investor or a family looking to buy a home and you have your timeline at five years. You know, you have it in your mind that where you're staying right now is four to five more years and you need a down payment in five years. And you have that goal, let's say, say hypothetically at $50,000. Well, if for four straight years, the beginning of the year, you buy $10,000 worth of I-bonds, and let's just say for this scenario that the rate holds true, right? 9.62% stays true. It probably won't, but who knows? Don't quote me on that, right? If you do that for four years, by the end of that fifth year, you'll probably have pretty close to $50,000. I run the numbers earlier. I don't think it comes out to get you just to that point, it's pretty close. but you've gotten close to it and it's guaranteed from the government. So that is a use case where I can see somebody going at that. Now, what are the risks of that? Well, let's say after that first year, you find the place you want and you need a down payment, your $10,000 is locked up. 
because of that liquidity issue. And also remember, if that liquidity time period doesn't start when you just bought the first I-bond, each one will have its own, call it like liquidity interval. So it's like, like a, a rolling period. Yeah, yeah, each time you buy one, that one and five-year period starts again. So just some things to consider. But if you have intermediate term goals with a time period, a time horizon specified, I-bonds really aren't a bad idea to hit those goals since they are risk-free. Another thing to keep in mind and another use case, I think, as you were talking, I was thinking of was if you have a child that's going to college, that is the most defined time period you can imagine, right? Because it's really not going to change. If your child is 13 or 14 years old, you know that they're probably going to college if that's the plan for them at 18. And so you know what the timeline is going to be. And so if you want to try to goose that that rate and try to get yourself a little extra on every little bit counts, that's another use case that, that we can maybe use it for. And one of the things to, to know, which I think is kind of where you were going with you know, I bonds and with specifically those periods is one of the things you also want to keep in mind is as you're quote unquote reinvesting every year, you're buying that extra $10,000. You want to keep an eye on what is the inflation rate because it could drop. And if it drops, these may not look as attractive. So like everything else that we talk about, like everything else in personal finance, you constantly have to reevaluate the plan and make sure that it's still accomplishing the goal and that it's still an appropriate thing, even if your time horizon is only four or five years. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about I-bonds, obviously reach out to your financial advisor, reach out to us. Happy to talk to you more about it. Just something to note is that this is something that you actually don't get through an advisor. You can't buy this in a retirement account. This is something that you would need to do at your own discretion at the individual level. So you would need to go into Treasury Direct, you know, purchase the I-bonds through there, and then it is on you at that point. So just something to consider for the do-it-yourself investor that this is on you to kind of transact and monitor over time as well. Awesome. Well, we hope you guys got some nuggets of wisdom here about I-bonds today. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. If you're a repeat customer, thank you even more. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, so you always get our most up-to-date episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.